Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Idly Hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Welcome in to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. A pop culture podcast where we interview your favorite actors from film and television, music, comedy, and more. Wherever pop culture is, you will find me hanging out there waiting to talk to somebody amazing. And today is a huge episode. I've been looking forward to this and working on this for quite some time. We are talking to actor Jocko Sims. That is right. You heard us correctly. You don't need to hit the rewind button. Uh, who plays Dr. Reynolds on the NBC hit New Amsterdam. We have a lot of things to talk about, but Jocko first, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Brett. Good to, good to be here with you. Yes. Well, I know you've had a busy day, so we will jump right in. This season has been, well, all the seasons are incredible, but this one in particular just started out with a bang. I will tell you. And last week, you left us all on a cliffhanger. Uh, so we are excited to see what this week is all about. And the title of the show this week uh, is Same As It Ever Was. And a lot of things are happening. Um, and from what I understand, what we can talk about, of course, we're dealing with Max and Sharp that are have told us that they're moving, which is, I, I <laughs> if that wasn't enough to get people shaken up, uh, but also a lot of other things happening but let's talk about your character and sort of the genesis or the synopsis of this and how you sort of created this multi-layer character on the show. Well, um, I would first have to uh, start with the fact that this show is, is based in in a reality. It's based on a true story. Uh, it was a book written by Dr. Eric Manheimer called Life and Death at Bellevue, 12 Patients, Life and Death at Bellevue Hospital. And Bellevue Hospital is a hospital here in New York City. Uh, it is uh, the oldest public hospital in America. It's so old, it's older than America. So our founding <laughs> uh, felt that it was important to have uh, a medical facility of some sort before we declared our independence. And it was, um, uh, it is still actually a state of the art hospital. If the president of the United States falls ill, that's where they send them. Uh, if uh, when there's a courthouse inside the hospital in case they have to deal with some legal cases and, and, and help a patient or some sort of interesting case right away, there's a school inside the building. There's a, a jail inside the building. And so this is like a, a mini city. Uh, and uh, David Schulner, our, uh, the creator of our show, uh, felt that this was uh, something that would make a great series. Uh, and most importantly, because it was dealing with healthcare, 
which is something that clearly now uh, we we all know is uh, very important and have these conversations that were things that would get people talking at their dining room tables. And we've done that and then some. Um, so I first uh, got to meet with Dr. Norma Keller, who is the head cardiologist at Bellevue Hospital. And I picked her brain for a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I drew from, from that a little bit because I play initially the head of the cardiac surgical department at New Amsterdam. And, uh, and that was sort of the beginning of that. And I always had been, I'll tell the story all the time, how I have been fascinated with the idea of being a doctor. In fact, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I had a medical symbol on my high school ring. Uh, you know, I was really into, into school. And then I got to college and I said, you know what? I don't want to be in school for the next 12 years. So I took an acting course. I took theater, started studying that, got my BA in theater. And I think I was working 15 years professionally before I finally landed that doctor role. And here we are, Dr. Reynolds on New Amsterdam. Yeah, very convincing, by the way. And I had known that it was based on an actual hospital. I I didn't know all of the extensive details, but interestingly enough, it's this whole storyline, this whole show is amazing because I think as far as medical shows go, it's really at the tip of the iceberg because it doesn't just, it's not another medical procedure show, you know, where patients come in and you guys treat them and there's a little bit of a life lesson. What, you know, I'm not mocking any of that by please listeners don't come after me, (laughs) but do you know what I mean? Like you actually try and help people like the courthouse or there's the whole psychological side of things. There's your involvement with people's lives, including your character, just really carry people from tip to tail as far as the storyline. And of course, there's all the other things that we get as well. Um, but it's amazing. So I, before we go on, I have to to digress just a little bit because you wanted to be a doctor, but then you took an acting class. So help help us a little bit somewhere in there. Where was it at? What At what point did you just, it, it snapped for you and you're like, this is it for me. Like I'm doing this the rest of my life. Yeah, well, I, I but my mom tried to push me to take art classes of all kinds, literally art. Uh, there was also music. She encouraged me to join band at school and, and take theater. And I just was so resistant. I just didn't feel like that was something I wanted to do seriously. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't. I, well, the first thing that happened once I got to, to school, attempting to think what my, you know, you have to declare a major. Um, there's no doctor major, you know, it's probably a major in some sort of science. I did love physics. But again, I got to school and I'm just like, my heart was telling me, uh, not that I wasn't interested in still the doctor aspect of life, but um, I I just didn't want to do school for that. You know, and I was great. I was in the top 5% of my class. I was the president of a Spanish club. I was a National Honor Society, straight A student. So I didn't struggle with it. I just, uh, I just was done. <laughs> so, but it was important still for me to get an education. And I got my BA in theater. But had it not been, I would say, I would give credit to uh, the faculty. Uh, I did one year at University of Houston. Uh, I, I went and they embraced me with open arms. That's something I didn't expect because I thought I should have had that background. Uh, I thought I didn't feel like an actor. I didn't feel like I deserved to go to college and join these classes um, because uh, it wasn't something I expressed interest in before. But they were just so excited to have me and say welcome and and gave me a tour of the theater. And and 
I took some classes and I was like, this, this was it. And then I, I, five years later, because I'd studied it for five years, I finished up at UCLA. I went on my first audition, prepared all that time for this first audition and I booked it. And uh, then I booked my second one and it didn't always go like that. It was definitely some lows in this journey, but (laughs) that was an indication that this is something that I, I should probably stick with for a while. There you go. They say if you do something that you love, you never work another day in your life. And I think that's true, whether it be with acting or podcasting or whatever the case might be. It's obviously safe to say things worked out quite well to get a reoccurring major role on a television show. Well, first of all, to book something straight out of the gate is is huge, um, especially, you know, for anybody starting out. But then to come this far and work hard. And I think that's important for our listeners and viewers to understand is that what you're doing now is representative of 20, however many years of hard work to get where you are and to make it look so easy and convincing, I think too. Um, an overnight success that's taken 20 plus years <laughs> to get that's um, yeah. where, where you're at. So let's talk about this week's episode because we mentioned a little bit earlier on that there's a lot happening, but from what we know this week gets intense. I think every week is intense, but you guys keep it lighthearted and fun with the music and everything just moves so quickly. But I understand we've got some gunshot type activities happening this week and your character starts to get a little bit overwhelmed with things. This is what we do know and what I've been told we can talk about. (laughs) So let's talk about these moments where you have to get into these very intense situations where you've had very remarkable moments in the series where you've even gotten personally involved with people that you're encountering in the storyline. How do you approach that when you get a script and this week definitely sounds intense, but you've had a lot of other intense moments as well. What is like the process it takes for you to mentally prepare to to deal with some of the things that you deal with as a character. I was really excited about this one early on because I got a text from uh, the writer of this episode, Aaron Ginsberg, who's one of our writer producers and he's just brilliant and so fun. Uh, And he said, I've got one coming up that that's, that that's for you. You're going to love it. And, uh, and I, and that could mean anything. (laughs) <laughs> you know, on this, <laughs> I know, right? Who knows what that means, really? Right, and it definitely did not turn out to be a, a happy subject per se, um, but something that he right. knew that I would love to sink my teeth into. And 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 yes, um, you know, this show, as you mentioned, we like to tap into uh, the reality of of the state of of the country, uh, and in this country, we do have a gun violence problem. Uh, And this uh, episode uh, explores that a bit. And, you know, Reynolds uh, tends to take some of this a little bit to heart. And, and it reminded me of, of, of myself uh, in that, you know, I, I, I sometimes, and I'm sure all of us have at some point through this pandemic and through, uh, this uh, horrible uh, racism and this uh, uh, gun violence and mass shootings, we, we just ask why. 
You know, why does it have to be? And it can get depressing sometimes. So um, this 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 episode explores that a bit. And it's uh, it's it's very interesting. It's eye opening. And it's just one of the reasons that I love this show, because they're they're not afraid to tackle any subject um, and they get into your psyche and, and make you think about things and, and also uh, at times they try to come up with solutions and present solutions and, and to inspire the audience to to um, to take action you know at times so this is this is a fun one for me I'm, I'm excited I'm excited I'm waiting for it to show up tonight uh, I watch this I watch a lot of shows usually after they've been recorded just because I'm a single dad and I'm busy but tonight will be a night where I I just this is a great show and to have you on here and to just talk about these conversations openly is a big deal for us so again thank you your character has just kind of experienced a lot and you have created him in such a way where he does oftentimes find himself taking things on personally um, perhaps maybe getting himself into situations um, that are kind of interesting and precarious at times. Um, so it's fantastic. But at the end of the day, when people have a chance to watch New Amsterdam, as an artist, as an actor, do you have a hope that people will walk away from when they watch this outside of being entertained or are you one to say, you know, it's let's let the audience kind of decide the morality or the the space that they should find themselves in after watching this series from the beginning or even perhaps maybe episode to episode? Yeah, no, I just uh, I, I stick with just be entertained. Uh, and I honestly believe that our David Schoener, a creator of our show and all the writers even though it may feel to the contrary sometimes, I don't think they set out to go, let's hit them over the head with this, or let's educate them on this, or let's uh, enlighten them on, on this. It's just when you're telling a, a story such as this and you're dealing with real people in a real setting in today's world, uh, that's where you're led. That's where the story takes mm-hmm. you. And um, you know, if, if Max comes in and fires, uh, an entire department like he did in season one, the, the cardiac surgical department and uh, Reynolds is tasked to restaff it. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a black man. He's an African-American. He's a person of color. And so when he's hiring people or he looks to, in the, he, he's, he's looking around and he noticed that uh, 19% of, of surgeons are, are women only 19%. And it's an interesting stat that hits him. So as he's rehiring and staffing up, he's hiring women first, you know, and it's, um, it's just kind of natural, naturally what you, what you do or in, and speak of. And, uh, and it's interesting because, uh, people of color, uh, women, uh, in, in other minorities, uh, people with disabilities, they're being recognized in a in a way that you don't see often on shows. Um, and again, I didn't see that coming when we started this out, but boy, has it been great. Uh, it's been educational for me. Um, I'll, I'll read a stat and see it in the script and and hit up the writer and say, is this true? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, what? 
<laughs> and <laughs> it's just that you, you, you know that's priceless that that experience and I, and I, I hope that uh, people out there are are having similar moments, similar aha moments as well when they watch. Yeah, I mean, if I recall, you all had set out to do an episode called Pandemic, I think, and then the real thing happened. And I don't know if that episode ever even made it to air. I know they kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but that just goes to show you that, like, you know, it's not like a bunch of writers sitting around in a room coming up with wacky ideas, you know, like, hey, let's talk about racism and gun violence this week. That'll really stick it to the view. And no, it's like you're dealing with, like, things that are happening in real time and situations potentially that anybody could find themselves in, you know, outside of maybe being a heart surgeon like yourself on the show or whatever the case might be very fascinating i understand too next week is even more intense Mm -hmm. your storyline continues to just get even more crazy as things as we all know start to heat up um with your on-screen relationship uh with dr malvo or francis turner who she's amazing as well um Wow, it's exciting to see what's going to happen. Can you, is that as much as we can give or what What can we kind of hopefully maybe expect without spoiling anything kind of as the weeks go on, watching your arc just mature and progress as, you know, or where do you hope to see the character go? And that might maybe be a better question. As you were just talking to me about Reynolds and Malvo, our characters, I just thought of a very wild storyline. I want to pick, I don't know why, but because I was going to make a joke about something, but that uh, anyways, thank you for this conversation. Cause I'm going to pitch something to the writers. That's not to imply that our stories and the ones we have coming up are not wild enough because as you know, uh, Reynolds is in this uh, crazy entanglement at work. We like to call it uh, where he's involved with this woman who uh, whose husband is Reynolds boss. Uh, how <laughs> Sounds crazy. Uh, how he in, in got in there, I think uh, Reynolds oftentimes would question himself. How did how did he get here? Well, uh, in next week's episode, there will be a, a, a change of some sort. There will be a I shouldn't say a change. There will be an, an interesting uh, conversation that sort of uh, pushes this this uh, relationship forward in a way that uh, it could be towards ending it or towards doing something to prolong it. But there will be uh, some advancement of some sort. I can't give you more than that. (sighs) Well, in my mind, I'm already thinking about what that could possibly be, but that's okay. (laughs) You know, and I think that, you know, it's just the, that right side of my brain that's thinking about, well, eventually someone's going to have to find out about something and it's either going to be this side or the other, but we will have to wait till October 12th. This week's episode is entitled same as it ever was tonight on NBC next week, seed money, October 12th. Excited to see how this show moves on. One last question really quick. This was a fan question that we pulled from our Facebook group. Let's do it. Has Jocko Sims ever considered, I want to make sure I get this right, curating his very own Spotify playlist for what Dr. Reynolds listens to in the operating room while he's performing surgery? I am in love with that question. 
And no, I have not until now. Do we have a name of that fan? Um, at New Amsterdam, uh, Eggold Lover Seven or something uh, from Twitter. Mini, I start- one of those mini uh, Sharkwind slash uh, New Amsterdam fans. I love them. They are so supportive of us, and I'm not surprised uh, that they would come up with such a great question. I am going to hop on that, and I will get back to you. I need to create a playlist, a Jocko Sims created, uh, curated playlist. That's really. I'm telling you, he listens to some great music. This has been a lot of fun. We're talking New Amsterdam. We've been chatting with Jocko Sims. Special thank you to NBC Publicity for setting this up, Isabel, uh, and of course, Leslie Schwartz. Jocko, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.